Hey, I'm hosting my next live webinar. It's June 13th at noon Eastern Standard Time. Head on over to heatherchauvin.com forward slash live. It's called How to Become Time Rich, the second one that I did, and I am going to be pulling back the curtains even more. I love teaching this stuff and showing you step-by-step how women are becoming time rich. So I'm going to use case studies from my own personal clients, who she was when she came in, who she is now, and the exact kind of mindset shifts, implementation, and who she needed to become in order to feel time rich. So if this is you and you're like, fuck me, I need to figure this shit out, then head on over to heatherchauvin.com forward slash live. That's Heather Chauvin, C-H-A-U-V-I-N.com forward slash live, L-I-V-E. How to become time rich for busy women managing people, raising children, and deeply desiring more from life. All right. So you are going to want to listen to today's episode over and over and over again. So make sure you save this as um, a good one. I'm going to be giving you a list of actual simple things that are going to help you gain more capacity. But before I dive into the list, which was also given by my clients, by the way, at a um, one of our virtual business retreats, every quarter we have our virtual kind of reflect and review business retreat. And this is for multi-six and seven-figure business owners who are looking to attract more profit in their personal and professional lives. And so profit to me is defined by time flexibility energy freedom, and financial freedom. And financial freedom, there's kind of different prongs to it. It could be revenue, it could be increasing profit, and it can also be wealth building. So it truly just all depends on where you are in your um, in your journey. And so most of those women are either self-employed or they are a contractor in some capacity and have the ability to make more money. Um, So it might not look like a traditional uh, business. Anywho, here's the interesting, my interesting thought on capacity. When I ask people what they want and desire, they can tell me all day, every day what they want and desire. My favorite journal prompt, and you've probably heard me say this a million times, is wouldn't it be nice if? I'm not asking you, what do you want? That seems a little confronting. What's your soul craving, right? Wouldn't it be nice if? So it doesn't really matter of like which question you ask, but we know what we want because most of the time we know what we don't want, right? So if you're really struggling to be like, I don't know what I want, then write a list down of, I know what I don't want and just say, I don't want to feel like this anymore. I don't want this to happen. I don't like, we know what we want to remove ourselves from. And so you just flip it. I don't want to feel like shit anymore. Okay, great. How do you want to feel? I don't want to be in debt anymore. Great. What's the opposite of that? I don't want to argue with my children. Great. What's the opposite of that? I don't want to be resentful of my work. Great. What's the opposite of that? I want to do work that feels like play and joy and ease. So Wouldn't it be nice if we get to a point of we know our actual desire? But here's the thing. 
When you are attracting more profit, time flexibility, um, energy freedom in emotional energy freedom or actual physical energy freedom or spiritual energy freedom and the money aspect of it, you have to align your actual behaviors with your desire. And that is where coaching comes into play. So I tell people all the time, like, You can read the books, you can listen to the podcast, but in the actual moment when you are about to take action on something and change a behavioral pattern, that is when you need the support. That is when you feel most vulnerable. That's kind of when you're crossing that bridge, right? That bridge of vulnerability. And so people are working really, really hard when they actually don't need to be working hard. So Inside of our um, community, we do a quarterly business retreat for the women in business. Not everybody does this, but just in our business course. And it's all about um, buying back your time and energy. And because that's the values that I hold for the work that I do is like, you want to make a bigger impact. You want to do it with more time, flexibility, and more energy. One, so that you could just be of service to people. Um, because it's interesting how we have a cultural trend of like, the older you get, the more money you make, the more time you've been at something, you become less like more and more and more burnt out. And so the capacity and the impact that you actually desire to make becomes less and less and less and less. And it's so misaligned with the reason why you got into the work that you do anyways, which is fascinating to me. So if your values are not forefront and your behaviors are not aligned with your values and your desires, then you're going to burn out you're going to have absolutely no money and you are going to be so angry and resentful and depleted. So if you don't get the support to turn that shift around, um, you're not going to get there. So during our quarterly, uh, virtual retreat, I, we talked about capacity. One of the workshops was capacity. It was like, what's the actions that you need to take right now? And I structured the beginning of the call with a give and an ask. So everybody gave a resource um, or a tip or a strategy on how they actually create more capacity in their lives. And then they asked a question and then we're going to answer the questions. So here's the gives. Okay. So these are tips, strategies, and practices that people put into place to attract more capacity more time, more money, more energy in their lives. So I'm going to tell you the list and then we're going to have a chat about it. Eat more often. So this is actually a really, really good tip from um, Tina. And she talked about staying in between three and eight on the hunger scale. So you're not too, too hungry and you're not starving, right? Or you're not, um, you're not starving and you're not stuffed. So you're kind of in that good zone because then your blood sugar is even. And so eating more often, little bites, like smaller meals more often actually gives you more capacity because it's like going on a long ass road trip in your car and you are, um, filling the tank constantly. You're not overfilling the tank, but you're not running on empty either. So it, 
these things are not going to be rocket science. I want it to be like, oh, okay, yeah, I do that thing. I just need to do it more often because consistency is key here. And then also pay attention to like what gets in the way of you being consistent because what gets in the way of you being consistent is the exact same, is the exact thing that you need to resolve and work on. And again, that is why coaching is important. It's not about like, oh, I need the tips and strategies. It's no, I need to be consistent with the tips and strategies. And the reason why I'm not being consistent, that is the whole point of support. Number two, notice and stop to feel sensations. So this is getting out of your head and back into your body. So many people are incredibly disconnected from their body. You ask them how they feel and they don't even know how to reply. So number one, eat more often. Number two, notice and stop to feel sensations. How do things make you feel? How are you reacting to it? Um, When you have, when you listen to the signals of the body, then you know how to respond um, in alignment with how you want to feel. Accepting you can't do it all. I have no idea why women actually believe this. There's, I I'm sure it's patriarchy and I could have a whole write fucking books on it. My point is don't, even begin to understand why we have a belief that we need to do it all. That is killing us. It is sucking up profits. It is like sucking the life out of you. Nobody said you have to do it all. Please give yourself permission to stop. Um, I don't do it all. I don't do, I focus on my strengths. I literally let go of so much shit. If it doesn't get done and I don't have the capacity for it, um, I need to say this needs to be let go completely or how can I, how can we do less better here? Um, okay. Do, do, do higher, um, additional childcare support. So a lot of people have resistance around this because of guilt. They feel guilty for hiring additional support. Um, they want to be with their children all the time. And then when they're with their children all the time, they don't want to be with their kids. They're angry. They're resentful. Um, I literally built my business with my children, like on my boob and at my feet. So all three of them, to be honest with you, Um, and I didn't have as much money then that I do now you get wildly creative, but I'm telling you, if you have two hours to work on something, you are incredibly strategically focused on what you're doing in those two hours. And that's what I really help people is like, where do you need to focus and then let go of the rest? You should be working. If you're trying to build a business, you should be working on something for an hour a day and then like have the rest of your day to yourself um, or doing what you need to do for your family if at minimum an hour a day. So um, hire additional childcare. And if you don't want to hire out somebody physically watching your child, then hire out all the extra invisible labor. Um, and if you're like, I can't do that, then look at your spending, look at your Amazon, look at your Costco, um, carts, look at your grocery bills, look at, um, all the ways that you were trying to cope with the stress. Um, just like extra spending a lot of like physical things. So people are always like, I can't afford it. We're in a recession, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, really? 
really? Because I just went to the mall and it was packed on boxing day and yet nobody was in the gym. So culturally, we just don't have our priorities straight, but I'm telling you right now, even if you look around your house, you could probably sell things and get an easy thousand, two thousand, five thousand, ten thousand dollars easy, easy, easy of shit that you're not even using. And then you take that money and you reinvest it and things that you actually need. And if childcare is one of those things, then that's what you're going to do. Um, I know where I live, you know, kids in high school need volunteer hours or like I used to physically have somebody come in my house and I would pay them hourly for the two, three hours. I felt incredibly guilty about it, but I had to focus on my bigger why I had to sit with my guilt. I wore noise canceling headphones and put uh, brown noise on Spotify in my headphones. And I focused for the few hours. Um, and focus wasn't always easy. I've just conditioned myself. It's a habit. Um, using the drama and empowerment triangles to save time and energy. So if you are not familiar, we go deep, deep, deep into this in my community. Um, drama and empowerment triangles. You can Google the drama triangle. And um, there's three things that there's three roles we play. We play the victim of our circumstances and other people. We play the rescuer. We want to fix and rescue other people. And we play the persecutor. The empowerment dynamic is really about getting out of that drama energy. So I will have people that will be like, and it's not necessarily clients, like think about people out in your life anywhere. And I'm like, you just spent like three hours of your day talking about this problem that you have with no actual action or solution. But then you say you have no time, but you just invested three hours of your actual day in talking about the problem. If you got out of the drama triangle and you invested those three three hours into the solution of the problem, this would no longer be a problem for you. So you, I always utilize, um, I talk about this in my book, the million dollar minute. So if every 60 seconds of your life is worth $1 million, are you okay to invest it where you're investing it right now? So just be mindful of that. Uh, going to bed and, and get sleep. So a, a lot of people will have pushback on this one because they're like, but my sleep, but my sleep. Remember, don't stay stuck in the drama triangle. Ask yourself, what can I do to get better quality of sleep? And try to get out of that all or nothing mindset and really get into one degree better. So if you're the type of person that has your phone in your room all the time, then maybe you still have your phone in the room, but you buy a traditional uh, alarm clock that you could get for like $10 and you keep your phone in your room, but then right before you're about to go bed, you get up and you put it somewhere else. Like how can you challenge yourself just one degree every single day, paying attention to what you're eating during the day, paint and just asking yourself, maybe journaling before bed, like, huh, what is going on here? Maybe you need to test doing some cardio before bed. Maybe that makes your energy higher. Maybe it makes your energy lower. Every body is different. Um, I know for me in the winter months when it's getting darker, I want to go to bed at five o'clock and I actually get shit sleep because I'm not sleeping from five o'clock till the next day. And then my dogs wake me up or teenagers want to talk at 11 o'clock at night. Like there's a lot going on or you're in perimetopause or your hormones are all over the place or whatever it is, is like 
what can I do to actually just feel more energized? Like cutting back caffeine as well. That's been a huge game changer in my quality of sleep. So be the detective of your life and try to figure shit out and just be one degree better every day instead of using the excuse. If it's kids and you have a newborn or a toddler that doesn't sleep, asking yourself in this current season of my life, what can I do? And maybe you're hiring a sleep coach and that's definitely not a quick fix, but maybe it's like, okay, I'm going to co-sleep or, um, this is just what it is right now. Or what, you know, I'm going to look at my child's behavior. What can I do to change their be like their routine, um, to maybe get them, uh, like, uh, deplete their energy before bed. So just pay attention. Like I want you to just, again, become the detective instead of feeling disempowered. It's a very different energy. This also goes back to the drama triangle when we're playing the victim of our lives, like poor me, poor me. And it's like, no shit, the shit happens to everybody. But like, how can you say, how can I, how can I, how can I? Nervous system regulation, um, breathwork apps. You can use PAUSE, P-A-U-S-E, breathwork, Dr. Joe Dispenza. Um, I like the PAUSE breathwork app. There's like, you download it, like you literally go download the app. I think you have to pay for it. And I will do a three minute breath work exercise before I get out of bed in the morning. Um, because I will go grab my phone, go back into my bed. And I'm like, I don't want to get up yet. And I will just breathe consciously for three minutes. I'll put some of my like favorite nervous system regulation music on. Um, I will, do some jumping jacks. Um, I'll do some tapping, like I'll tap on my chest and I just do some deep inhales and exhales. I ask myself, how do you want to feel? I close my eyes. I visualize that feeling and I'm just, and I give myself three minutes. That's it. I don't do it every day. I do it when my body is screaming at me. And sometimes I'm doing it like 10 times during the day as well. So pay attention. You can buy back your time and energy and capacity. You just have to be willing to actually take action and align your behaviors with your desires. Put your phone away after work on silent mode. You can put it in another room when that's really uncomfortable. Um, I put my phone in my car. Sometimes I won't do that in the dead of winter. Um, I've also put my phone in a cupboard and I put a lock on the cupboard, like, you know, a lock in the locker. Um, I just try to put a barrier so that it's uncomfortable for me to go and grab it. Um, I've given my phone to my children and said, go hide my phone for one hour um, and don't tell me where it is. Like, make it a game as well. Um, and you're going to be uncomfortable. Let's just deal with it. Uh, da -da -da -da. Mm -mm. Okay, journaling. So I enjoy journaling. Um, a lot of people overcomplicate this. They're like, I don't know what to journal. I love a good brain dump. So I'll put pen and paper and I'll just write down whatever I'm thinking about. Um, I barely go back and read my journal. I just dump it out. It's like the detox of your, of your mind. Um, it just, I feel lighter. So there's a million ways to journal. A lot of people tell me that to-do lists, like they keep journaling their to-do list. And I'm like, that's fine. Do journal, dump it out your to-do list. And maybe sometimes you're trying to solve problems in your journal and it's not incredibly spiritual. Just stop, stop fucking judging the way that you're journaling and actually just do it. We're wasting so much mental time and energy, like 
worrying about how we're doing something perfectly, when I'm catching myself being a perfectionist, I'm like, fuck off. Like I'm angry at myself and I stop and I'm like, just do it. Um, hiring additional support, a house manager, cooking, laundry, errands. This one's interesting to me. Every time uh, a woman tells me she has like a house manager or like someone who cooks for her or cleans for her, I think culturally cleaning has become more socially acceptable, but anything above and beyond that, there's a lot of shame around it. I love meeting a woman who is like, fuck yes, this woman is like a game changer for me or these people I've hired are a game changer for me, um, embrace it, embrace it. Modern culture of who we are expected to be and what's on our plate is not what was required of us 50 years ago. Um, if you have the resources, utilize them. Now here's where I'm going to give you pushback. We live in an incredibly financially privileged culture and we have the mindset that we are not living in a culture that is financially privileged. Uh, what I mean by that is I have worked in agencies, um, as a social worker, all the economic, like you, just from the bottom to the top. And I will tell you that every child still has an iPad and it doesn't matter how much money you make. Every child has every electronic they need. And it is wild to me that we are okay to spend thousands of dollars on electronics for our children because we feel guilty that they don't have the latest and greatest, but, um, making sure they're in a, like, emotionally stable home is not a priority. And when you can sit back and realize that having a clean home, when you don't have the time or capacity to do it, um, is a priority for you, you realize how it affects everyone. So we have someone that comes in and cleans and tidies and, uh, one, I also refuse to tidy before somebody comes because my time is valuable. And I just like, Although I want to, and that is my go-to, I will not waste my time and energy doing somebody else's job. Um, I just think that's absolutely ridiculous. Even if it is a desire of mine, I will sit with my own emotional discomfort. Um, but I work from home. We do everything from home. And if it was an office, I would be okay hiring somebody to come in and clean the office. And yes, at first maybe you don't have the capacity for that. Or at first it's, you know, once a month or something like that. But I'm telling you right now, the challenge is probably not finances. The challenge is priorities and, um, giving yourself permission to do, do, do giving yourself permission to be a C student. If you are a A plus plus student, the people pleaser, the rule follower, most likely the thing getting in your way is perfectionism. Um, and most of the clients I work with are ambitious doers. They are leaders. They hold a lot for a lot of people. And I'm telling you right now, I'm like your 70% or 60% is the average person's 200% effort. So give yourself permission to be a C student. You will buy back so much of your time and energy. You will get quicker results and people will be satisfied with your output. And then you go back and you can always improve and make everything 1% better. Daily gratitude practice. This can be done in your journal too, right? Where our brain is going to be focused on what we don't have. And it is so freaking easy to just flip it around. Like 
oh, the money that I didn't make, the time, the, you know, this person acted like this or this person, like, yes, but what do you have? I am not worried about being in a war-torn country. I am healthy. I am happy. My children are healthy. Um, yes, I live in a country that uh, has cold-ass winters, but like, wow, I feel safe when I walk outside. It is very easy to go to the negative. And yes, we need to advocate for better rights of humanity. But if we are going to advocate and constantly be stuck in the victim of not enoughness, I'm telling you right now, um, that cultural energy is going to seep into your veins and it's going to suck the life out of you. So a few bullet points of an energy practice can change your life daily, but you won't do it because it'll feel too easy. Additional home support, asking for help, um, asking for what you need and be specific. Okay. I want to talk about asking for help and asking for what you need and being specific about it. Um, if I'm radically honest with myself, um, if I wrote down every problem that I was trying to solve right now, uh, it might be a few challenges. I probably have somebody in my network or in my contact list that has a resource that can solve my problem, or I can ask them a question and they can give me a different perspective. But the challenge is people are unwilling to ask for help. They say, it's hard for me to ask for help. And I'm like, cool. I believe asking for help is a skill. Just like if you, you know, were like, I want to start running, but I, I suck at running. Well, you just have to start. And I think I learned this during my recovery uh, when I was going through treatment for cancer, like this is 10 years ago, but I had to get very, very clear because people ask you the question of what can I do for you, which is probably the worst question to ask somebody because they don't know either. Um, it's nice when people know, but most people don't know. So I actually had to ask myself, what can they do for me? And I would use my, wouldn't it be nice list? And I'm like, wouldn't it be nice if I didn't have to cook dinner? And then I would say to people, um, I would really like it. Like, are you available to cook a meal for my family tonight? Um, would you be available to bring my child to this event um, when I was going through treatment? And I had to really learn to communicate my needs. And 99.9% .9 of the time I was met with absolutely. Now, when you are met with, I cannot do that for you, or I am not that person to provide that, uh, you need to honor the other person because this is what annoys me. And this, I'm going to say partnerships, like when you have a mom and a dad, or it doesn't matter what like gender you are. I just mean two people like partners. Um, I often hear people, I ask for help, but I don't get it. And the truth I believe is, well, sometimes you're not actually honoring what the other person needs. I know, um, Sometimes my mom will say things to me and she says it in the middle of like when I'm cooking dip, like when I'm already managing five things and she'll throw something else out there and I will look at her and I will say, I do not have the capacity to do this for you right now. And I know sometimes that's triggering for her. And my point of that is she will ask for help, but she asks for help at the wrong times sometimes. And I have the ability mentally to go back and say, I can help you with this in two hours. So 
Be mindful that just because you asked for help doesn't mean the other person can be the help that you need. So this is called discernment. And again, going back to a how can I attitude. So that person may not be able to solve your problem because they don't have the capacity either, but somebody else may have the capacity. You just need to keep asking. And ask for what you need. Be specific. Um, The other thing I want to talk about this one is I've hired a lot of support over the years. This is goes for team as well. When you have the ability to ask for what you need, you don't put all of these unknown messages that are in your mind in other people's heads. So you hire somebody with an expectation that they're going to solve XYZ problem for you. You still need to communicate with them on a regular basis. Um, I need this. I need that. But also listening to the other person. What do you need to be successful at your job? I think too often we put way too many unrealistic expectations on people and we forget that we need to communicate and that it's an ongoing process. Um, Oh, this is a good one. To get more energy, um, especially when you're tired, do something that gives you energy. So this one has a lot of resistance around it. So example, you're about to crash in bed and you're like, I have no energy. I'm tired. I just need to sleep. One, I think that's a form of resistance because most of the time sleep doesn't allow you to feel rested. Um, So some people will do a workout. Some people will go for a walk. Typically, you feel heavy and overwhelmed and you're disassociating. And what you actually need is to just move the energy. So a quick 10-minute walk can change your life. Write and celebrate your wins. Hold energetic boundaries with loved ones. That's a whole podcast on itself. Uh, 20-minute timer on a task you're avoiding. I do this all the time. I'll put a 20-minute timer on. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't want to do this. Um, I'm going to get it wrong. Like I'm really stuck and I'm like, okay, just do it for 20 minutes. Bing, bang, boom. Uh, The 20 minutes help me break through the resistance. All right. There are so many more that I could give you, but this was a shit ton of tips and strategies on how to gain more capacity in your life. So whether we choose to do it or not, that is where the magic is happens. I hope you gain value. I would also wonder what is your biggest takeaway? Like what was the one that like really spoke to you? Because I always say, you don't need to do all of these do like the one or two that you were like, Oh yes, that's confirmation. And just keep at those few. I don't do everything on this list. There's only a handful of them that I do, um, and do less better. So pick a few, be consistent with those and lean into your emotional discomfort. That is where the magic happens. And if you want to tag me, take a screenshot. I really appreciate it. We keep the podcast for free. Um, tag me on Instagram at Heather Chauvin and, or wherever you want to tag the podcast and that's it. Thank you. Thank you. If you are an ambitious woman who feels like you never have enough time, this is for you. I want you to head on over to heatherchauvin.com forward slash more time. It's 197. It's a one-on-one time audit. Yep. 
personalized time audit for you so you can learn to master your time so you know exactly where to invest it in order to create a life that feels alive. Whether you are trying to grow and scale your business, whether you are trying to find more time flexibility in your corporate job, or whether you kind of feel lost in the messy middle and you have no idea where to focus first, you're going to get a map, 30, 60, and 90 day plan based on your unique vision. Head on over to Heather Chauvin, C-H-A-U-V-I-N dot com forward slash more time and book your personalized time audit today. 